0: Um, What a wonderful opportunity today we have. It's been a long time. I I honestly, last few times my brother Dick has been here. It has been um, uh, when Joni and I were away. Uh, you know, it's really nice for us to be able to have somebody that we trust, somebody that we're familiar with, somebody that we've known for a long time, to be able to fill the pulpit when we're not here, and, and Dick is one of those that we certainly feel that way about. He has a wonderful prophetic ministry, a ministry of grace, a ministry of compassion, but also just this flowing linguistics that's so beautiful. Um, I know that he will share with you some things. He's been through a lot this year. It's been a, a big year for them. Um, On top of everything else, uh, he is fresh off of over the past uh, few weeks here, um, he was infected with COVID. And uh, he'll share that, a little bit of that with you, and uh, certainly uh, it's been a big part of what he's been through here in this last year. But praise God, he's still on the throne, amen? Praise God. And we are so delighted to have you and your wife, Donna, here with us. Uh, It's such an exciting time. So glad for us to be able to be here as well. Everybody make welcome our brother, Dick Williams.
1: Thank you so much, folks. Some of you we've known over a period of years, even have watched some grow up, in Josh's case, It has been quite a year. We celebrated in August 30 years of itinerant ministry. Ju- July was our 50th wedding anniversary. <clears throat> September, I became an octogenarian, 80 years old. I wouldn't have known 20 years ago what an octogenarian was. I would have thought it. Was you know, they don't eat veal, or maybe they were something like a Methodist. <laughs> I love to sometime take the Psalms and set them to music like this one. In a dry and a thirsty land, to you I lift up my hands. Dearly, Lord, will I seek pure face And behold, your glory and your grace. Your loving kindness is more precious than my life. So I will bless you while I live. My soul is satisfied in the abundance of your grace. To you, all glory I will give. In a dry and a thirsty land, to you I lift up my hands Early morning will I seek your face To behold your glory and your grace In the night watch When darkness falls upon my soul I'll meditate on you and hear your voice My soul clings to you As your right hand upholds In the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. In a dry and thirsty land, to you I lift up my hands. Early Lord, will I seek your face to behold your glory and your grace. After being bedridden for three weeks and then in a recovery mode for four weeks, nurturing my voice, I hadn't sung for a month and was wondering, Mark, the first service of what was going to come out of me. <laughs> so I'm grateful. I still have a little residue of of a cough, but it's not contagious. There's still a certain degree of fatigue in my body, but. I'll crash and have a sustained afternoon nap and be ready for the evening service in Roy, Utah this evening. You know, I had a lot of time to think and meditate, and be in the Word. And my, I found myself gravitating toward David. And he's described in Acts 13, and then earlier on in 1 Samuel Fifteen fourteen, as a man after God's own heart. The heart speaks of our depths. And what is it about the depths of David that delighted the depths of God for him to call him a man after his own heart? To have in common the compassion, the passion, the grief, the choice and delight and for David to recognize that that was his priority although he admitted that he was a work in progress and in route so I ceased to be intimidated and recall that it was his request above all things that he be in the presence of God and meditate and behold the face of God temple. One thing that they had in common was the compassion for the underdog. You know, we need to know as New Testament believers, although we're perfect in our spirit, our soul is flawed and harbors weaknesses, some of them glaring and some of them we try to cover them up and hide them and let them provoke shame and yet the lord is drawn to our weakness because it's an opportunity for him to take stage center and empower us with his grace his ability operates and supersedes any and above our own in fact he says in isaiah 66:2 to this one will i look this to this will i give special attention He who is of a broken and contrite heart, wounded spirit, and who reveres my word. David modeled this. He had compassion. Had compassion on the lineage of Saul, even though Saul had pursued him with murderous intent. He was bonded with Jonathan, and they became as one in soul. And the passing of Jonathan and even Saul was a source of great grief to David. But Jonathan's son, uh, Mephibosheth, was born crippled. And David still gave him a place of honor at his table. To where he could sit and feast with the king and have his weakness covered. And the Lord loves to come alongside to cover our weakness and in covert, tender confidentiality to begin to be invasive in that area as we give him grace space for his grace to operate. So we dare not let a sense of our weaknesses alienate us from God that we are less than Mr. and Miss Victorious, Lion and Lioness. Yes, we have that part of our nature that the Lord brings into demonstration and becomes the superseding statement of our lives, but it's to be given over to the process of allowing his majesty to make our our victory deficits and turn them into power pockets. I was not the least likely to succeed in my high school class, but probably would have been in the lower 10%, and the thing that used to scare me the most was being publicly in front of people and when God first caused me to be born again and called me to the ministry and uh, I knew it was going to involve the public I remember the first time that I stepped out with fear and trembling as the day approached about three days before I was afraid I was going to die and the day before I was afraid I wouldn't that's how bad it was (laughs) Ah, God is so good. God is so good. And David, what a role model. This kind of epitomizes, this is a song that most biblical scholars attribute to David, but it shows something of God's condescension, that is, the lowering of himself to the vicinity of mankind to gaze upon us and raise us from the rubble of our failure and devastation. Who is like the Lord our God who is enthroned on high who humbles himself to behold the heavens and the earth who raises the poor from the dust raises the poor from the dust Lifts the needy from the ash heap And makes him sit with princes Who is like the Lord our God Who is enthroned on high Who humbles himself to behold To heaven's and near Makes the barren woman to dwell Makes her to dwell in a home of her own Makes her to dwell in a home of her own The grateful mother of children Who is like the Lord our God Who is enthroned on high Who humbles himself to behold the heavens and the earth the heavens and the earth now in the curse co- of course <laughs> slip of the tongue in the course of sharing in word and song it'll be punctuated with personal prophetic encouragements to edification this is New Testament prophetic that's to build up and to underscore the new you exhortation That's to inspire and gently stoke the inner fire of desire within you. In consolation, to be soothed with love strokes from the tenderness and abysm embrace, where we've been worked over by the world. The devil sometimes flagellated ourselves to death with our own religious flesh, which can be the worst of all. word for my brother right here. What is your name? Nathan. Nathan Nathan is authentic. He is down home, congenial and authentic, approachable, non-intimidating, and yet has some things of real substance to share. And the Lord is even increasing your giftedness to articulate the anointing within unto encouragement. Seated next to Nathan here he is Elysian. An extra helping of mercy you have. An extra help of mercy you have is kind of like your words that the Lord causes to descend upon you from above and gives you a heart to speak healing love. That was a prophetic song. Originals never been sung before. Yeah. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. Sons of Asaph prophesied on harps, so I suppose I can pull it off with the guitar. <laughs> What's your name right here? Alicia. Alicia. You know how to be friends. You can see those that are hurting and laboring under heartache and recognize the limp in their spiritual walk and are able to speak to them in such a way that they realize that they have value before the Lord. It's tender and it's penetrating without being intimidating. In fact, the Lord is making up the difference as you are sowing that kind of love from where you've run through some rejection in your life and your past and a sense of the accepting balm of the Lord as you are being comforted wherewith the comfort that you yourself are comforting others. God bless that to you. And as I speak these things, they're community property and they jump all over the room with dynamic dittos. So take those and take them to heart if the Lord gives a you also with that. Sarah, whom I just met this morning, and it's the only reason I know her name, so don't think I'm more prophetic than I am. <laughs> but a gift of contagious joy, Sarah. And it's not a excuse me it's not a giddy unseriousness because you are capable of a depth of compassion and mercy you've got a heart that is truly toward the Lord and you want his very best and you've got an ability to intuitively see the very best in the godly potential in others and able to be led by the spirit in ways that draw that out from them and I realize you're visiting here from out of state so that's something to take home with you and prayerfully ponder in fact anything in prophetic packaging has to be tested laid alongside the written statement of the word tested by the spirit of God within you and I submit it to pastoral authority here You know, as I begin to just consider David and if I've got a single outstanding role model in scripture, it's David. And he speaks in Psalm 27, 4 and he says, this one thing will I ask in other words, it's his premier prayer petition this one thing that I ask that I seek your face and dwell in your house and I behold your beauty in your temple. That was the primary drive that David was drawn to and it comes up again and again in his life in lifestyle and it follows with the next verse that there's a result of that that the Lord Covered and protected him and placed his feet upon the rock, which is, in military terms, a place of advantage as well as protection. David was highly successful as a soldier. Hallelujah. I was pondering these things and venturing David who learned to worship the Lord in the literal tabernacle of David, but also even from cave to cave in a season of his life. So I lift adoring hands as I sing before your throne. With your love's consuming fire, make my trembling heart your own. With the incense of my heart, my impassioned lips proclaim, holy, holy is the Lord, holy, holy is your name. King of kings and lord of lords, wreathed glorious wings of praise. Holy, holy is the Lamb, ruler, the ancient of days. Jesus, you have melted me, that I may flow triumphantly. My soul is healed, my spirit's free. Your will to do, your face to see. You know, a role model for me on this side of glory, who I consider very David-esque, perhaps the most David-esque ministry that I saw in my lifetime back in the early 70s, brother Keith Green, taken from us all too prematurely through a plane crash, We would have Keith on occasion at our charismatic meetings in our church in Thousand Oaks, and he was masterful at framing his singing on the keyboard and injecting prophetic interjections and insights and had a fiery passion to know God in greater measure translated into the treasure of truth. Like few people I've seen, in fact, this was a chorus that we sung commonly back then that Keith attends. Oh Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. And when your eyes are on this child Your grace amazes me And when your eyes are on this child Your grace amazes me David had a keen sense of responsibility (laughs) in stewarding those things that God had placed in his care. He diligently watched over his father's sheep. And if need be, was militant. I can imagine the sweet singer of Israel at times looking up at the stars and serenading God and the sheep calm but I can also imagine David with his rod and staff and he had a track record of some heavyweight battles before he ever placed uh, faced Goliath of tearing a lion apart with the jaws and beating off a bear. King Saul had known him before the Goliath confrontation as a sweet singer who would soothe and drive away the demons Or the demon from Saul, who had fallen from favor. And even endured a time of Saul lapsing into rage and hurling a spear at David. David had a keen sense of responsibility, and the Lord would enable and grace us with a responsibility to be stewards of our own soul. By spending quality time with him and being built up and restored in our soulical being, being renewed in our minds, would have a keen sense of prayerful guardedness and protection over our children, loved ones, friends, and family, those relationships of closeness that we have been entrusted to. And David modeled that so wonderfully. Hallelujah. I can imagine him serenading the God of heaven. And in my sanctified imagination, the Lord entered my stage of inner being with a creative scene, and I wrote this song. Lord. I just want to say I love you, my voice soars freely to your waiting ears. now that I've said it, let me sing to you the song I feel and bring to you as the fruit of my lips I eat. and with my song i serenade you and with my fingers move across melodic strings my joy now wells up and dances as a fountain here before you lord i adore you Let your mountains with their peaks reflect your setting sun. Let the rising surf now break and bow before you. Let everything with breath now breathe your holy name. And say, Jesus, Lord, I adore you. And with my song, I serenade you
0: And with my
1: fingers Move across melodic strings My joy now wells up And dances as a fountain here Before you Lord, I adore you Let your mountains, let their peaks reflect your setting sun. Let the rising surf now break and bow before you. Let everything with breath now breathe your And say, Jesus, Lord, I adore you. What's the lady's name with, you got the handsome dude with his arm around you there. What's your first name, dear? Stephanie. Stephanie. Quite a conversationalist, and it's more than just a gift of gab. The ability to strike up conversations with folks, some that can be total strangers. But conversational evangelism will be your portion to non-believers who are going to sense the shaking of the times and yet sense the joyful water from the rock that comes from you, Stephanie. And you'll also have an encouraging word to believers as well. You're kind of like the water that flows from the rock seated next to you is Mike you are a rock we got water from the rock there's a solidity and a dependability and an integrity about you that the Lord has fashioned those are values that you covet and you said Lord work those in me in even greater measure. And the Lord had your prayer. There's an ability to communicate. Something of a wordsmith at times. And even to write. There's a literary in that Paul states it. Consider that even in your journaling and let the Lord underscore, expand, and enhance that. God celebrated David's militant faith. Even face to face with the towering Goliath, who stood of considerable statue above him, David looked higher yet to the God of heavens and basically, in so many words, modernistically said to Goliath, Hey, dude, this day I'm going to have your head. Even as (laughs) Goliath was hurling insults. And I'm telling you what, it wasn't like he was playing before the home team. He had the Philistines over there that were looking forward to seeing David get squashed. And then over on the other side of the Valley of Elah were the Israelites. His brothers had even jeered at him and considered him arrogant for even entertaining the idea that he could face Goliath. And he'd actually just gone innocently on an errand to deliver food uh, sent by Jesse as he wasn't old enough to be conscripted yet. And Saul just knew him as a singer. But I think David was probably a pretty well-fit-together little dude. And I I don't think he was probably formidable in statue uh, by today's standard. I could imagine him as somewhere between 5'9 and 5'11 and yet with um, lifts, strong-looking muscles. And he would had his bouts, his preliminaries with the bear and the lion, was not going to be intimidated by a giant who was shouting insults to the God of Israel and demeaning God's covenant people. And where his brothers were probably jeering... I imagine the rest of the Israelites had their eyes half covered uh, at the ghastly mutilation that they were about to behold, or so they thought. But David was a man who had meditated on the Lord in the night watches. And he knew well what it was to take the substance of the word and in a stream of the spirit, seeing it shaped into river rock, which becomes a projectile in the sling of his confession in his mouth. And as he stooped over and bent over, with Goliath towering over him, picked up five smooth stones that has river rock who make excellent slingshot projectiles that had been shaped by the natural stream, symbolic of the accumulation in the pouch of his heart, of fashioned words that had become weaponry. And was he was ready to recognize number five as the number of God's grace, as to say, I'm going to give this my best shot, and the Lord, you're going to direct it right in the bullseye, right up here to where he's vulnerable. God loves to mess with the enemy's head, Graham Cook once said, and loves to take the seeming underdog and create a monumental upset and game changer that was resultant in the Philistines being put to flight pursued by the Israelites inspired by young David hallelujah David who knew the tender side of God who also knew the marvelous might of the militancy of God and the aggressive militant faith that recognized and looked above towering opposition, and rather than seeing himself as a knee-high grasshopper, saw himself as a champion empowered by the God of heaven. Yahweh is a warrior and I've heard his mighty voice seen his strong right arm ascending. As his saints rejoice, his rod upon the enemy, his force a mighty flow. He breaks the spines of serpents, and yet his people know. That Yahweh is so tender, his words caress the soul. Peacefully surrendered, nestled in His fold. His name as healing ointment, descending as a dove. Yahweh is a lover who covers with His love. Yahweh is a fire and it blazes in his eyes. He melts the chains of bondage, fire that cannot die. Rest in bold authority, those who praise his name. Set free from sin's dominion, his liberty proclaim. Oh, but Yahweh is so tender, his words caress the soul peacefully surrendered, nestled in his fold. His name is healing lightness, descending as a dove. Yahweh is a lover who covers with his love. Yahweh is a lion and he roars to Judah's throne. Melts graven idols, raises up dry bones. (coughs) To form a mighty army, to move in heaven's praise. To conquer hordes of darkness and declare the light of day. Yet Yahweh is so tender His words caress the soul Peacefully surrender, Nestled in his fold. His name is healing light man Descending as a dove Yahweh is a lover Who covers With his love, who comforts with his love, young lady right here. We're making eye contact. You have long dark hair. What's your name? What again? Karen. Karen, Highly creative. A visionary. You see artistically and you're able to verbalize it with creative speech and there's this ability to craft prophetic utterance as an utterance from God but as something of an ornate art form and even a melting of the gold through testing and the fashioning Of verbal prophetic jewelry that the Lord would do in and through you. And you're creative in a lot of other ways also. You've learned it in the valley of difficulty. David found creativity in cave to cave. And you've had your season of that and have found them to become revelation stations of God to you and through you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God appreciated David's transparency. Psalm 139, 23. He said, search me, God. Know my heart. See if there's any wicked way within me. That's gutsy prayer. And we're not talking about ingrown eyeballs of carnal introspection. That's just a garbage expedition, a fleshlight that illumines the flesh in which dwells no good thing. But pockets in the recesses of the soul, things we might have drifted into and didn't even recognize it as a sin. And the Lord showed them as such. Or maybe even secret sins that we would covertly drift into, with a certain sense of shame, try to cover them from God and say, Lord, I'm tired of cover-up. I want to be utterly transparent before you. You know, there's four ministries of considerable notoriety because God's given them a wide swath of influence. I could name them and you would know who they are, but it's not a place to name them because it's their story, but it appears on the internet. It's not some deep, dark secret that they haven't shared before. But in the earlier years of their ministry, there were covert sins of addiction that they practiced that had demonic attachments. They were able to still minister effectively from the platform as the God, the giver of gifts, his gifts are without repentance, but there comes a wall where we hit (coughs) to where we're too sick to use them. And they come to a place of confrontation, gut-level confrontation of the Lord very confidentially and yet through key people revealing those things to them and there was an immediate upsurge in their ministry and they've shared those things with gut level transparency that have been an encouragement to many who harbored secret sins especially addiction, self-medication with no sense of consequence and know that the last thing we want to do is run from God but to know that he is drawing us to him And the first thing to topple is the idolatry of addiction that has replaced him ritualistically in the secrecy of a practice or a substance. And to say, now that you're set free from the idolatry, I'm going to set you free from the bondage. Let me process and we begin to see ourselves as free. We begin to see ourselves as free and we begin to sense the processing of the Lord through key people or Support that begins to liberate us and make those things history. Wonderfully transparent before the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, I fall upon my knees before you. Release the power of your spirit. I implore you, this evil world is closing in, my heart cries out for you to send, your power. As a mighty rushing wind, power to stand for you and to rise above this world. Let this life show forth the living Jesus He's still the same, He hasn't changed Man will never change Him Lord, let your resurrection power Fall and consume me in its fire And lead me Lord, I'm choosing To live for you, there's no life at all. Don't want to live my life in shadows of myself. Play some religious game. I can't dwell in a cell. I'm not made that way. I know you hear these words of prayer I'm raising. Your spirit floods my soul, my mouth breaks forth with praising. You're here and yet you're up above. My cross is weightless in the love of Jesus. Love of Jesus, love that lights the path leads me through this world. David was wildly celebrated when it came to the Lord. And I know some of you that dance wildly in the secrecy of your home shouting the praises of God, sometimes feeling a little ridiculous. But know that the Lord is delighted with that. Jack Hayford tells the story of the early years of the ministry of coming from his study to this small sanctuary at that time and seeing a silver mist and the Lord saying son will you sing for me will you become poetically of course Jack was and is such a wordsmith Jack did it he said son would you dance for me Jack's reserve took over, and he said, I missed an opportunity to please my Heavenly Father. And his words were, because I was too damnably proud. I saw Jack preach at a Baptist church on the fullness of the Spirit with boldness. And we happened to be sitting and watching. During the time of worship, I saw him dance wildly upon the platform. And if you've ever seen Jack Haber, he's a rather tall, statuesque man with a certain patriarchal dignity about him. <coughs> when the ark was recaptured from the Philistines, actually the Philistines gave it up. They'd captured the ark during a dark time of Israel when Eli was the negligent, impotent high priest who had neglected to restrain his sons, who actually fell over backward and died during the assault of the Philistines. Samuel had just gotten the call as a prophet, but they had captured the ark of God and considered it quite a trophy. The Ark of the Covenant was made of wood overladen with gold and was symbolic of Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, man of Mary man, and yet God of very God. And between the cherubim would be the expression of the Shekinah presence of God. And they had had it on display in their temple unto Dagon. And... One morning, they got up, and they found that Dagon, their idol, was toppled flat on his face. Made them begin to think about some things, and the next day, when they saw him, not only was Dagon flat on his face, but his head and arms were severed. Just being in the presence of God, and those would try to idolatry, constrain, and inhibit and prohibit the expression of God's glory meet with divine ordained disaster and toppling God's the avenger we can leave that up to him we're going to see his sword of justice fall in these days but to be careful not to gloat over our enemies but to pray that his judgment would be redemptive and engender repentance No longer contagious, but that's still kind of compulsively there. You know, when the ark was given up, the Philistines said, we don't want any part of this thing. And through a series of sojourns in different places, arrived back in Jerusalem, David had prepared a tent that would house a cadre, a large company a plurality of priests who would celebrate God worshipfully and creatively day and night. And it was a picture of the plurality of kingly priests that would be you and I that would celebrate him perpetually as a corporality gathered in his presence. The tabernacle of Moses was still in operation had been in operation as the head cheese, high priest would go into the Holy of Holies with a rope around his leg in case he screwed up they so could drag him out. But guess what? There was no ark in the Holy of Holies. It had been captured by the Philistines, but now had returned. And David had designed the tabernacle of David. And you may recall in the book of Acts of the picture of a corporeity of a kingdom of priests and the restoration of the tabernacle of David that is going on. Churches and church groups that champion presence over platform presentation and programming are those that are going to enjoy the restoration of the presence of God, his Shekinah glory, signs and wonders, deliverances, prodigals returning, and it's a time for such as this. But it was interesting that it coexisted with the tabernacle of Moses. And there will be those that insist on ritualism and routineness over revelatory. And God will have compassion and call them to repentance and an exit of escape into the tabernacle of David. Whether they listen or not is up to them. But there is a line in the sand being drawn in these days. Hallelujah. David danced wildly before the Lord. Reminds me of um, a friend of ours. Donna, remind me of his name again. Uh, Ian and Dory's son. Matthew. At one of the churches that we had attended. Matthew would dance wild in his frantic, spirit-filled, charismatic fandango and how he would do that and sing for such a long period of time. I'm telling you, it was the anointing on aerobic power. (laughs) I couldn't emulate his moves, but in my heart I was doing it with him. Hallelujah. David danced wildly before the procession as the ark was returning to the place of preparation, that he had in Jerusalem and his wife, McCall the daughter of Saul criticized him bitterly that he was showing off and flaunting his physicality before the handmaidens and as a result, she reaped judgment of her womb being sewn up into barrenness and to become critical of the liberty of others looking down one's pharisaical beak is to have their creativity annihilated. Very serious. Very serious. And we've got different degrees in our temperament and personality to the ways that we (coughs) express ourselves. But let's not be afraid to let our joy cut loose at times. I wouldn't suggest doing it in Albertsons, but hey... If I saw a brother or sister who I knew was spirit-filled, I might not try to get in step with them, but I would rejoice in their freedom and say God cover them and keep them from arrest. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. I was meditating on the triumphal return of the ark paralleling a symbolism with the restoration of the tabernacle of David, as Emmanuel, God with us, would take his place of supreme centrality and be celebrated by a plurality of priesthood. Who is like the Lord our God? Who is enthroned on high? Here's the chorus I wrote. Make way for the power of his presence. The ark is coming, make your habitation wide. Put on the garments of salvation, and with jubilation, leap and sing, the King calls to his bride. Make way for the power of his presence. The ark is coming, make your habitation wide. Put on the garments of salvation, And with jubilation, deep and sing, the king calls to end. Another thing that moved the heart of God was David's depth of repentance. He was flawed like all of us. And when we lapse into the lethargy of the flesh, we can become the devil's playground. You know, we live in a war zone, and we're not constantly in battle swinging the sword. We'd get arm-weary if we did. But there are seasons appointed unto clear the decks and man the battle stations and begin to make your declaration of the supremacy of the conquest of the cross over anything that would be oppositional to the kingdom of God. David was relaxing lethargically on his kingly patio in the season when the kings normally would go out to battle. And he looked at the lower patio of Bathsheba. She was taking a bath. And according to the King James, she was fair to look upon. And his lethargy lapsed into heated lust. And lusted after her and made arrangements to meet her and see her. And even conspired for the murder of her husband in battle. Her husband who had been exemplary loyal to David. And nurturing this thing. Having a child. Nathan the prophet was God's voice and mouthpiece who told a parable of someone's sin who was similar to that of David without naming David. And David said, Who is this one? They are going to be violently annihilated. And Nathan pointed a bony prophet's finger at David and said, You are the man. It was the uncovering, it was the elimination of denial, the annihilation of denial, and the sudden brokenness of repentance, and David and Bathsheba, the baby that they had conceived died, David even then went and worshipped God in the temple, but lest we would write it off as a total loss. From the intimacy of David and Bathsheba emerged Solomon, one of the greatest kings of Israel. How about that for a reversal? <laughs> David in his brokenness and depth of repentance wrote Psalm 51. Keith Green said it to music. Let's get it in the right key here. Create in me a clean heart, woke God, And renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, Renew a right spirit within me. Ask me not away from your presence. Remove not your holy presence from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew right spirit within me. You know, some of David's prayers at the outset were pretty doggone carnal. He was wishing to smash the heads of the rocks and calling down vengeance upon his enemies. And those aren't prayers for us to emulate, but it's to show what someone in their vengeful flesh is capable of. Eventually David would settle down and clear the air and the Lord would begin to deal with him he would add the holy but, but God who is rich in mercy and forgiveness. And he would be renewed to a sense of graciousness. There would be some of the songs he wrote in the cave, which probably would have started out as bluesy, like in the key of E. You guitarists know what I'm talking about. And yet would end up with victory. And I'm going to close with this song and I'm going to dedicate it to you if you're going through a dark night of the soul in a depth of testing and the inevitability and the surety of God's deliverance on your behalf. I wrote it in such a season of my life. Facing my days surrounded by the blues even I know for certain I'm not going to lose Sooner or later, Jesus turns it around for me. Oh, to get where I'm going, gotta walk through some rain. Hey, but I know the sun is gonna shine bright again. Sooner or later, he turns it around for me. Here in the furnace, it's burning my bonds away. Iron is forming in my soul Turning into gold Brighter and purer day by day I hear his word My faith rises high I got that aerial of wood hey, I see deep and wide Sooner or later He turns it around for me I believe it's gonna be soon Here in the furnace burning my bonds away can't quite do that one yet Iron is forming in my soul turning into gold brighter and purer day by day hey I know this chapter will end but not the book soon I'm gonna take a blessed backward look as I sweetly remember how he turned it around for me. Sweetly remember how he turned it around. Learned that chop from hanging out with the brothers. For me. Hallelujah. God bless and massage your heart and soul, encourage you on your journey as men and women after God's own heart and being shaped unto victory, seeing your weakness invaded by his grace and power and in the school of the spirit, learning to look above the towering giants of opposition at the much higher God of heaven and recognize that you are seated in God's right's hand Take the aerial view and slingshot some strong declaration confessions of missiles, higher air hitting lower air and shooting down satanic satellites and to smithereens. God bless that to
0: you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Dick and Donna. Thank you both for coming. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you for blessing us. Let's give them thanks one more time. Come on, let's stand up and let's uh, give some uh, thanks to God. Let's worship him for just a moment and give thanks with song as to all that God has done for us. Thank you, Lord. Hope is built on nothing less.
2: Than Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame But holy trust in Jesus' name
0: Come on, every voice, sing it out Christ
3: alone, cornerstone Say
2: I rest on His unchanging grace. Oh, aren't we thankful for that? In every high and stormy gale,
3: my anchor holds within.
2: alone
0: Faultless to stand before yes. the
2: throne
0: Come on church, one more time Sing it out loud Christ alone Cornerstone
3: Weak made strong In the same
0: Come on. He is Lord of all. Amen. Give one more shout of praise. Church, God bless you. Don't forget, get out and vote. Make sure that your voice be heard and you get out and you vote. And don't be in fear. Don't be intimidated. Don't become anxious. Our God is Lord of all. All authority comes from Him. Continue to remember that. Amen. Now listen church is not dis- church is not over church is about to be dismissed church is about to begin go be the church go be the church go be the light go be that prophetic voice go be the encouragement that this community needs god bless you i love you gentlemen i hope to see you tonight have a great day go be the church Christ
3: alone oh I yeah. yeah.